Brant, how are you, sir? Episode 13, how are we doing? I'm doing real good, Dave. How are you doing, man? Man, I am doing wonderful. I am blessed. I am excited to be here. It is surely feeling like real Big Ten college football season, finally. We've gotten away with like the nice weather thing this fall, and I kind of feel like I'm listening outside my garage right now. The rain is coming down. It's getting a little colder outside. I saw this weekend. The weather is not supposed to be great. Leaves are falling. I'm like, yep, here we go. Nitty gritty college football season, right? Now it feels like like it's on. So um, I'm a, I'm actually oddly excited to kind of have this cruddy weather, man. I don't know how you feel about it. Yeah, the the word the weatherman uses is wintry. I'm not sure what the wintry mix is, but that is a word. Hey, there's always a 30% chance of something of something happening. So I'll, I'll leave it at that. So, um, man, so speaking of college football, so this earlier this week, some local controversy, right? College football uh, playoff committee comes out and you know, they put their weekly rankings out and not even two weeks after Michigan State beats Michigan in East Lansing. Michigan State, as we know, stumbled to Purdue, unranked Purdue this past weekend. Uh, Michigan beats Indiana. Yeah, the score was convincing. It wasn't like the prettiest of games, like a lot of the same issues, I think, that we've seen before. Uh, but the, the committee decided and, and kind of doubled down on it. They put Michigan ahead of Michigan State, although they're both one-loss teams, as we both know. And Michigan's loss happens to be head to head against Michigan state. But one of the committee guys, I think his name was like Gary Barda, or I'm probably butchering that, but one of the guys on that committee kind of doubled down and said, look, we took a deep look at this one, a lot of back and forth. uh, But we feel that Michigan's the more, the more complete team. Uh, They lead in pretty much every analytical category that they look at. Uh, and they just feel like Michigan is the the better team. And in addition to that, uh, Michigan State's loss was to an unranked Purdue team. And Michigan's loss was to a top 10 team. I had mixed feelings about that analogy, even as a Michigan fan. How did you feel about that? Yeah, I think the, the CFP committee, Gary Barta, whoever, they botched this one um, just kind of flat out. I thought that Michigan State should still be ahead of Michigan, especially if you're going to have the standard of Oregon – being above Ohio State in the head-to-head, um, Oregon's losses to Stanford, um, Michigan State's is to Purdue. So, I mean, both of those teams were unranked at the time, but they had already had that standard of Oregon was above Ohio State because of that head-to-head. So, really, what they said last week was, yeah, your loss doesn't really matter as much, uh, more than who you beat. But now it seems like they're kind of retracting that, or at least they did just for specifically Michigan State, which probably has state fans up in arms. Um, but, Dave, it's important to remember here that this is all going to get settled on the field in the next three weeks. Like, this thing is going to sort itself out. Um, one thing that I think they have to have is they have to have some sort of controversy because if it goes chalk, like, what are we talking about? You know, they want people to be fired up for this. They want people to argue over – who should be six or who should be seven, uh, which is ironic because they haven't changed from a four team to an eight team or a 12 team or whatever. But if you want that kind of controversy, just move it to 12 teams. Yeah. I, I think that you, you stole my example of the Oregon and Ohio state thing and kind of the precedent that they had already set. So it, it really doesn't make sense to me. I also, 
Like, I, I don't need the committee right now adding fuel to this fire and this rivalry after we just lost, like, not even two weeks ago, calling Michigan, like, the better complete team. Like, you can't – I'm sorry. You can't say things like that. They were not. They played a game head-to-head. They lost. Michigan State is a better team, right? Like, right now, as it stands, they are. They're two one-loss teams. Michigan's loss is, is head-to-head against Michigan State. So – I struggled with that a little bit and <clears throat> excuse me. I think that um, if I'm a state fan though, I low key am excited about this. And here's why I mentioned it last week when we were kind of previewing that game against Purdue. And I said, and I know you agreed, Michigan state's on upset alert against Purdue. And, and the reason why is not only because Purdue is a good team, but Michigan state. Now their identity has always been, whether it was during the Mark D'Antonio era or now Mel Tucker, chip on our shoulder. Nobody respects us. Nobody likes us. Everybody gives Michigan the attention. We're the and we're the better program. But so we're just going to continue to prove and win out. You know, most of these years against Michigan in the last fifteen years. And I think last week my point was, well, state, you're going to lose that identity going into that Purdue game because now you're number three. And, and nationally, right, in, in the college football playoff rankings, and that's huge, and they should have been there. But what's hard for their program and their identity is they thrive off being the underdog. And I said last week, you are now everybody's Super Bowl. You're Purdue Super Bowl. Ohio State wants to murder you. Penn State, I mean, you name it, everybody wants to beat you. And now we'll see how State's going to respond. Obviously, we saw what happened this last week. They stumbled against Purdue. I was not surprised by that. Doesn't mean their season is over doesn't mean that Michigan is the better team or anything like that. It's just as it stands today, now you've got three weeks ahead of you. Michigan and Michigan State play the exact same three teams in different order, obviously, this last three weeks of the season. They both got to play Maryland, Penn State, and Ohio State. And so we'll see. This thing's going to play itself out. I think the good news is if I'm a State fan, you got your identity back. You got disrespected this week. In the eyes of the committee, everybody's talking about this. A lot of controversy. You got your identity back right now. So, so now use that to, to fuel yourself here, you know, over these, over these next few games. Uh, Brant, you were kind of mentioning to me earlier today, you just texted me something about the, the college football playoff expansion conversation. You want to elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, so the commissioners of the Power Five conferences are going to be meeting Uh, December 1st and 2nd in Dallas to go over what the next few years of the college football playoff should look like. Um, The the original four-team playoff is set to expire in 2025. They can make changes to it before that, Uh, but they have to decide uh, on December 1st and 2nd what what they're going to do and what it will look like. Now, the SEC is pushing hard, and when the SEC pushes hard for something, they usually get what they want because they're the big dog on the block. So what they're pushing for is the 12-team playoff, or it stays at four. Um, And so what that basically does is, obviously it takes all this controversy from six to seven, and it makes for more of an argument for the 11 through 13 teams. But then you have a team like Purdue, let's say, that's sitting at 18 in in the CFP right now, and their season isn't over. But today, in this example, their season's over this year. 
They can't get to the national championship. They can sure they can contend for the Big Ten West title and they can play in the Big Ten championship. But they basically know that their season is going to result in not in a national championship run. Right. So if they take it to the 12 team, then you're you're allowing for more of more good football at the end of the season for a lot more fans, Dave. And that's what you need is you need more fan interest. You know, it gets so exclusive at the top with Georgia, Alabama, Clemson lately, uh, Ohio State, uh, a little bit of Oklahoma, right. And so it's just such an exclusive club that everybody's kind of like, eh, you know, what do we care about the CFP? I mean, we're ranked number 14. We're not playing for anything in early November. You want teams playing in late November vying for that 12 seed so they can at least get a shot and that way Cincinnati that's undefeated sitting at five right now they may never get a shot right if they don't get a shot this year they never will I'm convinced of that so um, if they expand it to 12 uh, you're talking about five five conference winners will get their seeds and then you'll you'll get at larges and then you'll kind of fill in from there but uh, it'll be great to see Honestly. I I guess what I what I don't understand and I don't I didn't read fully the article that you sent me earlier but did they my still my trust me I would love we talked about this like weeks ago probably over a month ago now about the expansion thing and I was kind of a fan of like the eight team just from a realistic standpoint um, and I said I'd even take six teams anything more than four. 12 team to me seemed a little outlandish, seemed a little unrealistic just for the amount of extra games you're going to ask these kids to play. Have they said anything about like shortening? Like, are they instead of playing 12 games, are they talking about 10 or is there any, is the expectation is you play your same schedule and then you just play this expanded playoff and have more games. If you go to 12 teams, it'll take um, these, these college kids, two more games a season, basically. Right, And so they kind of looked at that and they said, well, if it's only going to be two more games, I mean, I know that these are not professional athletes by any means, but they, they have such good nutritionists now and, and facilities and trainers, right, that really it's a different game than it was 10, 15, even 20 years ago. You know what I mean? So I think that if you think about two more games, they're not talking about cutting anything. They're just talking about adding two more games and potentially another bye week, but I, I doubt I see another bye week happening, maybe. But um, they're definitely talking about just a two-game expansion, nothing further than that. Got it. Well, it'd be interesting. I mean, I, I think that you could play out some different scenarios with the way things stand right now. Like, who wouldn't want to see some of these matchups, right? Like, I, I think that you would add a whole nother level of excitement to college football. Like, I kind of made the parallel before. Think of how excited we get for March Madness and the basketball tourney rolls around. Like you're talking about just one of the most exciting sports times of the year. I think a 12 team playoff, if they're able to pull that off, um, I'm curious to see how kind of the votes go with this, truthfully. Um, but I think I, it'd, I can, be, it'd be insane. I, I can tell you that the, the, the Big 12, the ACC, and the Big Ten have come together with a 12-team format for the SEC to digest. But I don't know if the SEC is on board with what they've brought to the table. So right. I know that the 12-team is what everybody's kind of pushing for right now. But it's can they make 
basically, can the four other conferences make the SEC happy to how they want it done? And there's TV contracts. There's there's bowls to be considered. There's a bunch of things that go into this. So it's not just, uh, hey, let's uh, just throw these 12 teams out there and whatever happens to the money. You know, that's going to be the first conversation is where does the green go? And and so that's whoever gets to fill their pockets, you know. And right. They fill their pockets by this. It'll be interesting to see how this kind of like impacts the the other bowl games, right? Like I know there's like a million bowl games. And so if I don't make that 12 team, then what? Like, is it, I think you got to kind of restructure everything at that point. And do you consider like a, I don't know. I mean, right now, right. You got to win six games essentially to, to get yourself a bowl game. I, I, I do wonder. So if I don't make the, if I don't make that top 12, then what, like, am I playing almost like an NIT type of scenario where I, I'm in like a secondary tournament or you just doing the traditional bowl games. Like I I'm very curious to see how that all kind of plays out. So Brant, just shifting into Michigan, back to Michigan state and Michigan here for a second. So obviously state stumbled against Purdue uh, this past weekend, but they've got Maryland coming up and then they will uh, travel to Columbus to play Ohio state. And then they'll host Penn state to close out the year. How do you see their remaining schedule playing out? Um, what what are you kind of predicting? You know, you got a let's just say you got a three three game season ahead of ahead of you. Your Michigan State. What's your prediction right now for how they finish these next three games? What's their record? Two and one. I think that they can get they have enough to get over Maryland, but I think that game's pretty close as well. Um, and. The trip to Columbus, and, and I kind of feel bad because State has enough offense to win this game, but their defense, their secondary is just so bad that C.J. Stroud, I'm just afraid, is going to tear that thing apart. And and really right now it's held together, and they're going through injuries on that back end too. It is not a good sight right now, and they can't get enough pressure do, and they don't bring enough blitzes. It's the bend but don't break, right? And they and they and that's what everyone talked about all week was, well, it finally broke. Well, it finally broke. But they didn't adjust because I don't think they have this, the right athletes in the right places right now to to make adjustments like that. It's like, hey, at the beginning of the season, Mel Tucker and Scott Hazelton came together and they just said, hey, this is our game plan for the year. We're gonna have to get timely turnovers and we're gonna have to be opportunistic as a defense. And down the stretch here, I could see it really kind of biting them. And and being two and one is still going to lead you to a 10 and two season. And hats off to Mel Tucker and his staff over there. That's a great season. But I don't see a way for them to get past Ohio State. And I don't think Penn State is a, is a complete team right now. And I can see Michigan State at home putting it all together for a big end of the season win. So I think it's two and one. What do you think, Dave? I got the same thing. Yep. I think that it will be a close, closer game against Mar- not super close game against Maryland, but I don't think Maryland's no chump either. Um, to his little brother may have a, a field day with that secondary, which is going to allow for some scoring. And I think that, you know, state's offense is good enough. Like you said, they're going to, they're going to put points up for the rest of the this season. They got major concerns about their, about their defense concerns about Ohio state getting hotter and hotter um, and CJ Stroud finding his stride. Um, I, I think could be problematic for them, especially in Columbus. 
Uh, but I think Penn State is beatable. I think Michigan State matches up nicely with them. Uh, and I, I think they've got everything to play for there in that last game in East Lansing. And, and we'll close that out for a 10 and two season, which is would be a heck of a season for, for this team in this program. Dave, just one quick, quick question for you. Just a one-off here. Does Kenneth Walker win the Heisman this year? No. Okay. I just wanted your take on that right now because he's still got some blockbuster games coming up. And my thought is right now he's not either, but it's still on the table for he him. He could. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he could. I mean, if he has the, the games of his life against <laughs> which he already had, by the way, against his arch right, against rival Michigan. against Michigan. Yeah. But if he somehow manages the ball out against like Ohio state and Penn state, I don't know how you keep him. If he has a two, three touchdown game over a hundred yards rushing or over 150, I don't know how you keep him out of that. You know, they, they want to give this to a, to a quarterback, you know, they're, we'll see. I think with some of those performances, he'll be in New York for him to win it. They have to beat Ohio state and definitely beat Penn state. Absolutely. All right. So Let's shift to, to Michigan football here. Um, I'm going to talk. I didn't throw this in the agenda, but I want to know your thoughts on this. Just briefly. I don't want to dwell on this. Give me your, your thoughts on, well, first of all, I want to make sure. Did you hear Jim Harbaugh's comments this week when asked about uh, whether he had heard from the Big Ten about the, the rulings and potentially missed calls or the wrong calls against Michigan State? the controversial play of should that have been reversed uh, when Michigan got into the touchdown, Jim said uh, that he did hear from the big 10 um, and they essentially admitted uh, that they got the the wrong call and the wrong calls. Um, <clears throat> he was asked that by a reporter and then he responded and, and it said that like came out of nowhere, you know, Jim dodges like every question in the world. He was more than happy to, to answer that question. Um Mel Tucker then kind of consequently came out and and was asked about some some poor calls against Purdue that maybe went against Michigan State, and he said, you know, he's not he's not going to dwell or talk about bad calls because that's not who he wants his program to be. That's not what they're about, um, and they're not going to make excuses. So you kind of it was almost like the jab at Jim Harbaugh. Um, what were, what are your thoughts on that? Just real quick before we talk Michigan football. I would have played it the same way as both of them did. Uh, I think Jim was smart to submit those plays. And, and, and for people that don't know, they do this every single week. I mean, Jim sends these into the Big Ten every single week when Aiden Hutchinson gets held nine, ten times a game. So he's submitting all of those plays and things like that. But uh, I would have played it just like Jim because whether you like it or not, whether that play was like that, whatever goes inside that locker room is like, Hey, I'm not saying that this makes us a winner or a loser, but I'm saying they said they got that play wrong and that turns the tide of that game. So your team can look at each other and say, Hey, that one should have went our way. It didn't, but now they're saying it did. Like we should have had it, honestly, like it, it could have made us win the game. But should but, that, but, but should that be a confidential conversation between Jim and the big 10? Like how often do you hear, coaches come out and then like report what the conference said back to them, like out to the, I mean, I think, I think we hear about it less when it's not, or or we don't hear about it when it's not at this magnitude. Like I'm sure I've heard before when Jim says, yeah, they said they miss holding calls on Aiden. Like I've heard that all year. Like they just keep saying, we just keep 
they're just missing them or they're not calling them because he's getting held a lot. So I know he submits stuff every single week. And I know Mel Tucker submits stuff every single week too. And like you said, he probably just keeps it confidential because it's not at that magnitude. Now, if the play of the game would have came down, somebody probably would have asked Mel Tucker on that interception in the end zone where it was like 50-50 ball that the Purdue guy ripped away from the Michigan State guy. Yeah. I mean, I mean, honestly, if someone asked him that, he might say, yeah, I submitted it, and they said they missed it. And then it's not that big of a deal because it's just Purdue-Michigan State. Yeah. I'm just saying that stuff can happen. So I hear you. I, 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 I'll tell you, I, I was just annoyed with it. I was annoyed that the question was asked, that how Jim commented on it. I just – I know – whether you didn't take it the same way I did. Yeah, I just I wasn't I, annoyed by it. I was it very I was very annoyed by it just because like that it sounds is, like, like sour grapes, but I mean you can say it sounds like sour grapes, but to me it's like, hey, I have a job to do, and that's a part of my job is to submit these and then I'm just gonna relay the information to you. And I mean, like you said, he was asked a question. Right. He he was asked a question. I, I just didn't think he had to answer. And in fact, like, why are, I think when the, the t- at the time when they asked him that question, that game happened nine days ago. Like why, why after the Indiana game, are we still talking about Michigan state? Like, I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear about the, the bad calls. Once again, like I'd rather you just own it and, and give your sure uh, to use your quotes of what you texted me after that game hats off the state. Guess what? You blew a 16 point lead. Yeah, sure. Yep. Well, there are some bad calls, but um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Score touchdowns in the red zone and don't blow a 16 point lead in the third quarter. Right. Uh, done Agreed. deal. Yeah. Move on. Moving forward. I would rather a comment of um, we're not looking back at that game. We learned a lot from it. Um, it showed against Indiana. We're getting back to who we are. We got a big game coming up against Penn State, but nope, he wanted to still dwell on that. And I was just irritated by it, but I get it. Yeah. I understand. I understand your perspective on that, too. So Michigan. They obviously beat Indiana um, and did not come out of there unscathed. A lot of injuries. Cade spent time in the tent. You lost Blake Corum early. Uh, Donovan Edwards uh, did not play. Jamon Green got hurt. Andrell Anthony, A.J. Henning, Eric All, um, probably others that I'm missing. But, I mean, I just named a ton of key guys that got hurt in that game. And we – you know, of course, we don't know the status of of most of these guys of most of these guys going into Happy Valley here on Saturday. Um, thank God it's a noon game, and we don't have to deal with the night game in in Happy Valley against Penn State. Um, but right now, they're all banged up. They're hurt. They, the schedule is not going to get any easier. Huge game against Penn State. Then obviously you got Maryland and Ohio State. Um, but what do, what does Michigan need to do this weekend specifically to to beat Penn State? Um, and then after the, after that, uh, let's let's do that. Play out the same thing. Realistically, these last three game season for Michigan, how do they how do they shake out? But first, what does Michigan need to do this weekend? What do they need to show you against Penn State? Dave, I'm not going to beat the dead horse. I'm not going to go to the red zone offense. I'm going to leave it alone. I'm just going to tell you what they need to do to win this game specifically is be themselves, be the running team, be the play action team, throw high efficiency passes. Don't be chucking it down deep. I don't want to see that. I want to see the efficient offense that we've been most of the year. Um, And I want to see our secondary continue to play well, ratchet it up on Dotson, make it tough for him to get open and get after Clifford. If you can keep Clifford in the pocket, he has – they will run with him, and he's not a superior athlete by any means, but he'll he'll gash you for five, ten yards at a time if you let him. So you got to keep him in the pocket. you got to keep contained. 
and you got to force him to throw to other receivers besides Dotson. And if you do that, you will end up winning this game. You are the better team. You have what I would say more confidence. Uh, and like you said, it's a noon game. It's not the night game. There's nothing to be surprised with. Uh, you just go play your play your good, efficient football, and you should win this game by, I would guess, 10 to 14 points. Yeah, Dotson is a is the obvious stud here for for Penn State, and you know, I think he had like over 200 yards receiving or something like that last week. 250, I think. Yeah, 250. Like that kid's good. Um, and Michigan secondary has has played certainly has has played better. I think as the as the season has gone on, but they're going to have their hands full with him, and you got to make Sean Clifford uncomfortable. And I think that they will do that. I mean, gosh, between Aiden Hutchinson and David Ojabo, like they're 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 getting pressure on the quarterback. And I, I haven't seen I haven't really seen a team contain that duo quite yet. And so I, I think that Penn State's gonna have their hands full um with you know with with Michigan on defense, especially getting pressure on on Clifford outside of Dotson. Um, I mean Clifford's a, a very serviceable quarterback and won't I won't dog him at all. I think he's he's decent. I don't think he's great. Um, I think that a, a defense like Michigan could really expose some weaknesses of his. If you contain Dotson, you make them uncomfortable. I, I think you win this game and just, like you said, do what you have to do on offense. I say run the football, but honestly, my biggest concern is, like, I, I really would like to see Blake Corum. Is he healthy? Is Donovan Edwards playing? Um, Tavier Dunlap, is, is he ready to, to suit up? And, and play some meaningful snaps if those guys can't go because you're going to be asking a lot out of Hassan Haskins to, to, to carry the football. If that's going to be your identity. And in a way, he's going to, if they don't play, they're going to need him to do that because they've got to be able to open up that pass game. You've got to you, that play action, right? You, you've got to, you've got to establish the, the run. Um, I, I kind of, uh, yeah, the high efficiency throws, I agree with what you're saying, but I'd like to see Michigan take some shots downfield because I think that Kate has proven that he can do that. He's a little I'm, – I'm, I have a question mark around him, like his health right now. Uh, he spent the last two games, spent briefly some time in the, in the medical tent. There's something going on they're obviously not talking about. Uh, J.J. McCarthy got a full drive, you know, this past, this past week. Um, but if he is healthy and ready to go, I would like to see them take some shots downfield. I don't think Penn state doesn't have like a, they don't have a secondary defense that can't be penetrated. So. No. And I, I agree with you in some aspect, but I, I just think that I've watched Penn state play this year and they don't seem like they are enthused about football right now. Like why give them a reason to get enthused by throwing a couple picks? You know, I'm, I'm just saying like, if you play the game that you can play, and I know the red zone offense can be boring at times, and we kick field goals and we do this type of stuff, but I just think keeping your your foot on their throat, they just don't seem to be that team this year that's really into it. And they don't have a running attack like they normally do. It's just a year to, to really grind them out, I think. But but I, hey, if they want to throw the deep ball and they connect on it, I'll be the first one to be like, hey, Dave called it, man. Good call. <laughs> I'm here for it. Don't get me wrong, but I just I would hate to see a couple interceptions go the wrong way, and all of a sudden now they have confidence and they're rolling, and it's a snowball you can't stop. Sure. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I, I I hear that. So so I think that let let's play let's play out these next three games. Then uh, Penn State, Maryland, Ohio State, three game season ahead of you. 
What's Michigan's record here at the the end of the end of the season? Dave, I'm doing it. I'm taking the dive. <laughs> I'm drinking the blue Kool-Aid. I'm doing it all. Let's do it, man. 11 and one, baby. We're rolling. We are rolling to Indy this year. What is this? 11, 11, 11, 11, mark it down. We are 11 and one and we are going to Indy and we are going to play somebody from the West. I don't know who it is. I don't know if we'll win that game, but I'm saying we had, we go three and zero down the stretch and we're going to Indianapolis. Do you really feel that way? Or are you just being optimistic as a fan? I think that you, okay. So you're 10 and one, let's play this example. You, do you think that they'll beat Penn state this weekend? I, I think that they should beat Penn state this weekend. Okay. Yes. So that's the big question mark, right? For me anyway, 10 and one, you're heading not, in. by the way, though, that's not a given like by, I'm not like with full <laughs> confidence. Like, yeah, no Penn okay. state. Yeah. They're, they're having a down year. Like, no, 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 no. Do I hope they okay. win? And I think that they're, they have the favor to win. Yeah, I do. But no, not okay. full confidence by any means, but think about this scenario, 10 and one, 10 and one. Ohio State, let's say they take care of Michigan State, whatever. They beat Purdue. They should beat Purdue anyway. Um, although a lot of teams have said that before, so let's just pump the brakes there. But anyway, let's say they're both 10 and 1. I think finally Jim Harbaugh has a chance to get Ohio State at home. He's never had a chance. Six, 2016 and 2018 were both road games in which they were in the top seven, eight, whatever. This is his chance at home to for all the marbles like you can finally get that monkey off your back that you haven't been to indianapolis so you better go and pull everything out and i think he can finally pull it off dave well brant i thought the same thing in east lansing a couple weeks ago and it did not happen so i i'm not confident in him on the road like come on give me a break well i'm not okay yeah i i would play most of that the same besides Ohio State. Do I think that Ohio State is beatable this year? We've I've talked about it all year. You have too. Yes, I do think Ohio State is beatable this year. Um, I don't think they're better than Ohio State. Um, I think that they they could beat Ohio State. They have a they should they should theoretically from a from a paper standpoint looking at X's and O's. Most definitely, I hear what you're saying. Um, I I think that they don't beat Ohio State. I think they go two and one down the, down the stretch here. And I think that not that I, I want that to happen. I'm hoping I'm on your train. Like, man, I'm riding your train of optimism, Michigan, do this for me, do this for Brant, do this for my grandma, Sally, shout out grandma, Sally, loyal podcast listener. Love you. Go blue. Um, I'm, I'm riding, I'm riding that train with you, but man, until I actually see it happen. I can't like, it's just, just another season. It's a great season. It has reminiscence of the 2016 season. We had Jabril and like, yeah, this has been awesome. But until I actually see them beat Ohio state till I see Jim March off that field with a win, he's not going to get my prediction ever to win that game. And I hope I'm wrong. Prove me wrong, Jim. If you're listening, prove me wrong. Um, but, but we shall see. So, all right. Brant, real quick, we have not super quick, but we, we are, of course, running long per usual. Um, college hoops, Michigan State, they tipped off this week uh, against Kansas, start off their season 0 1. Kansas was the number three uh, ranked team coming in 
to the start of the year. What are some of your takeaways from that game um, and really some some takeaways of uh, Michigan State's basketball team this year? So Michigan State was was not really ever – they were in the game against Kansas, but you never felt like they were going to win it. And I don't think Kansas is some world beater this year. So um, take that for what it's worth. Uh, I think as, as you look at this Michigan State basketball team, Marcus Bingham was an immediate improvement. Like he, he actually came to ball this year, which Tom Izzo's got to feel a huge relief because the center position last year was a nightmare. I think there's still questions about Joey Hauser. What is he going to give you? I think there's questions about Tyson Walker big time right now. He did not have a good game. And uh, A.J. Hogard played really well, but I, I don't think that's what Tom wanted. Tom wanted Tyson Walker to play really well and because A.J. Hogard is just not a great shooter. So um, That Marble yeah. kid was really good, too. Oh, yeah, and, and Julius Marble, I mean, coming in and giving you those minutes, I think he had like 13 and 7 or something. And, and for a guy that didn't really see the floor a lot last year just because he makes dumb plays, uh, Thomas Kithier took a lot of minutes from him last year, so he's gone now. But um, I think when you look at this team overall, Max Christie is going to be the key to unlock their potential. He is going to be the guy that makes that whole thing go. And you just can't have six assists and seven turnovers or whatever it was from your point guards combined. You're not going to win college basketball games that way. You just won't. And so I think if you're a Michigan State fan, you just kind of – chill and you've lost these games before no big deal right but I think it is worrisome to, to try to figure out who's going to be the guy on this team if Max Christie's just a freshman Gabe Brown he's got to be the most frustrating player as a Michigan State fan because he's got the frame he's got the want to he doesn't have the IQ or some of the timely shot making that you'd like to see from a guy that's like a, a obviously a senior fair enough so what about what what about Michigan? Um, small sample size, obviously between both teams. I I think we both knew go, coming into this game that Buffalo they're favored to win the MAC this year. Um, I was super impressed by by Buffalo. Like I think I we were texting throughout the game. I'm like, I do not want to play this team in March. Like they just seem like that team that's going to be a 11 or a 12 seed and upset upset somebody for sure like that first round they looked really good but what what Michigan obviously etched out a etched out a win there uh Buffalo made a run in the second half Michigan closed them out uh what were your, your what were some of your takeaways from that game and about this Michigan team what'd you learn uh I think uh, I learned that well, this Michigan team has a lot of resolve right off the bat with some young guys which was really nice to see Eli Brooks being there as so crucial. Uh, he's kind of the the stabilizing force, if you will, with that team. You notice down the stretch, it kind of got to five. It got to six. And then who made two big plays? Eli Brooks. No problem. Um, and like you said, there was a guy from Buffalo that went off for like 30 points. And the guy was having a career night. And good, good on him. Um, but if you want to be the big dog and you want to win the big 10, you have to win games like this. You have to take punches and you have to throw bigger punches back. And they did. And Juwan was kind of messing with lineups and he was kind of running guys in and they kept going with the zone. Like they were mixing it in and it was just like, dude, they're eating that zone up. Stop, stop doing that. So he did kind of come away from that. And uh, Buffalo gave everything they had on that floor. And it was nice to see because in a lot of these early season matchups, you just don't find that. That was the game. I've watched a lot of college basketball the last couple of days. That was the game of the week already. 
Um, so yeah, Buffalo is going to probably bite somebody, Dave. Thankfully, it wasn't us. And that win is going to mean a lot more in in March when they go to get seated than it does today because they're going to win the MAC. I'll tell you that right. Now. If they if they stay healthy, they'll win the MAC. Yeah, they they looked very good, and I I thought a couple of like one of the most surprising things that I that I took away. Well, for, okay, before I talk about a specific player, that game was just like chippy from the get go. Like that, I love seeing Michigan getting punched in the mouth, like literally, and and being ready to fight back and not folding or being soft. I think you texted me throughout the game. And you're like, yeah, we both love Beeline, but man, under Juwan, they just play with a different type of swag and confidence. And like, they were ready to fight right back. That showed me a lot about this Michigan team already. It surely helps having Eli Brooks, Hunter Dickinson back, obviously. Um, even yeah, I know Brandon Johnson have a great game, but just having like some, some of these guys, familiar faces come back that are like, yeah, yeah, we got this and bring these young kids along your Caleb Houston's Musa uh, Diabate. I mean, they just look like they're they're ready to play like right now. I was very impressed. I was super impressed with Terrence Williams. Um, man, I don't know if this was just like an anomaly or like if he has developed this o- offensive game. He always played with – he just has a high motor. Like I feel like he just goes, goes, goes. And he got some minutes last year, and I really liked what I saw out of him. But he seemed to, to be the X factor. And in, and in fact, I, I'm not sure at, at some points of this – um, if we didn't have Terrence Williams, I'm not so sure that we could have come out of this game with a win. We probably still would have, but he was he was critical in this one. Yeah, Dave, I think Devontae Jones, too, was searching for this moment, and he got it right away at Michigan because uh, it was early in the game, and Buff- the, the point guard for Buffalo, who played a great game, by the way, was, was doing the thing where he's clapping in his face. And anybody that's played the game of basketball, whether it's rec league or – or in an actual like game, like a high school game or a college game, clapping in the face is just going to irritate you to no end. And that's something that you'll see from time to time. And he like clapped right back. And he went down and he made a play. And, and coming from Coastal Carolina as a transfer, uh, senior guard, like he's been looking for this moment. He's been waiting for someone to get into his face on this big television, like, you know, TV time. He's been waiting for that matchup. So good for him. And he's going to be a huge piece for Michigan moving forward, too. Absolutely. All right, man. Take us home. Brant's best bets. Um, we will shift out of college hoops. And that was fun, though. I'm, I'm super pumped that we've got some college hoops to kind of wrap things up with each week. Um, and obviously exciting football locally right now. And we didn't have to talk about the Lions. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Um you know the Lions will make the betting segment, Dave. Though, so don't don't worry that right. uh, they don't linger too far. So, um, all right. So let's start with college. Uh, Michigan at Happy Valley. We've been talking about it already. Penn State plus one. Who are you taking? Michigan. Yeah, I I I, I think Michigan. On they, they better win this game. <laughs> you sound so nervous for this. Yeah. It's funny. Um. Obviously, I think Michigan's going to win. I think they win by not a convincing margin, but somewhere in the neighborhood of 7-14. to Um, Maryland at MSU. MSU favored by 13 points, obviously coming off the loss against Purdue. They It sounds like they'll be out without Naylor again. Their secondary is kind of a mess. Dave talked about Tua's little brother. He can sling it, although Maryland's missing their best receiver. 
doesn't matter. They still throw it about 50 times a game. Dave, who do you like? I, I think that this game <clears throat> starts out very close in the in the first half and is almost a shootout. Like I could see this thing being like 21-21 um, at, at one point. And, and then I think MSU pulls away just they're the better football team. Um, and I, I think it's actually going to be very, very close to this uh, 13. But I think State wins by two touchdowns, and I think that they cover. I think that Michigan State will cover as well. And I'm telling you what, Mel Tucker, if nine's in the backfield, give them the ball. It's very simple for you. Feed that man the ball. You got it. Uh, Purdue at Ohio State. Ohio State favored by 20 and a half points. I kept waiting for this thing to move to 21 because I I love the 21 number, but Purdue has been playing playing spoiler maker all year. I see what you did there. Um, <laughs> I heard it so many times this week. I had right, it. right. Uh, yeah, I, I think that um, Purdue is riding a high right now. They just got a huge win against Michigan State. I know they got to go on the road to Columbus for a team like Purdue. I don't really think that they care whether they're home or away. They're just like kind of that annoying team that they truly probably feel like they can win this game. And I I think that Ohio State wins, but I think Purdue keeps it fairly close. Um, Maybe maybe a loss by like 14 or 17, but I think that they I'll take them with 20 and a half points. I'll take the 20 and a half too. And I hate agreeing with you across the board on this type of stuff, but this one just seems like Purdue is going to have a lot of confidence and, and yeah, Dave, they might shut them out late, but Ohio state was not impressive against Nebraska. And I thought Nebraska actually played worse than they played against Michigan state. And I thought they played worse. Yeah. I thought they played worse than they did against Michigan. So they were right there in that game. Um, All right. Switching to the NFL Cowboys, Dave, uh, as a couple of Cowboys fans last week, we got slapped around. I didn't even text you for that game because I was so like that throwaway game. Get yeah. rid of it was just that a was nightmare. Weird. <laughs> it was like a weird game. It was like the offense didn't even play in the first half. Um, anyway, Falcons at Cowboys. Cowboys favored by nine and a half. Uh, Falcons actually doing okay this year. Not the worst team in the league, that's for sure. I think, uh, yeah, the last week's game was just so weird against the Broncos. Like, that was just my t- – I watched the whole thing. I'm like, this is just a weird game. It didn't even seem like a football game. It was just odd. Um, I think that uh, the Cowboys cover nine and a half this week. And, you know, Dan Quinn gets to go against his former team. And I think that he'll have a scheme drawn up. I know they, we just lost Randy Gregory. Concerns me for a, for a few weeks. Got to stay healthy here, but um, I think Dak gets the Cowboys back on track and they cruise here against Atlanta at home. Um, give me the Falcons. Uh, I don't like the Falcons to win, but nine and a half is a pretty large number. I can see this at like anywhere from six to nine, I guess. So uh, I will take the Falcons and the points. Uh, all right. So, Dave, here is your Lions. Uh, I call them your Lions. <laughs> Are you still riding with them? One pride. One Friday, baby. Okay. Lions at Steelers. Steelers favored by eight and a half points in the Steel City. What do you like? Well, you got a stud quarterback in Ben Roethlisberger. Um, I'm, I'm joking. Uh, I'm surprised Ben is still out there, like, walking. I, I I did just see Najee Harris apparently didn't practice today. Um, there's a lot of question marks around the Steelers right now. You've got a fiery light. I'm just going to stop right there. I'm, I'm, I'm being sarcastic. Give me the Steelers. 
cover eight and a half. <laughs> All right, Dave. I said I wasn't going back to the well. Oh, God. What are you doing right now? <laughs> Come on, Jared Goff. Get this team together. You and Dan can do it. You cannot lose by more than eight points. I believe in you guys. I will once again put my money where my mouth is, Lions. Stand up. Here it is. I think that they cover this spread. Give me the Lions all day, Dave. You dirty, dirty man. <laughs> all right. And this one is for my wife. Shout out to the wife. Rams at 49ers. 49ers getting four points at home. I think this is Monday night, actually. I'm correct. I think it is. Did you see Stafford last game? Not, not impressive. Not a good game for that guy. No, it wasn't a good game. I don't I don't think four points is actually enough here. I don't like the Niners right now. Um, I, I, I'll take the Rams for sure to, to cover four. I think that they win by minimum of a touchdown. I'm going to take the 49ers. I think the Rams actually have some problems right now, and they're talking about bringing an OBJ. I do not know why you would do that. Well, he's receivers. a good character guy, a good locker room. Yeah. <laughs> good locker room, dude. No, I don't like the Rams jo- mo- like mojo right now for some reason. Uh, I think that they've got some serious problems. Ever since that Lions game, they've kind of been wacky. So the Lions can can do that to you, I guess. Right. Yeah, if you don't um, beat the Lions by like 40 points, then you get your whole franchise is in question. Okay. All right. So. Oh, yeah. La- but, okay, so that that that's the best, but – you got to hit us now with the uh, the lock of the week as we brought that back last week. All right. Shouts to uh, John Simpson, Ash Simpson. I'm going after Georgia this week. I think that Tennessee can cover 20 and a half. Um, Tennessee is actually a little bit better than I think people know. Uh, they have a decent quarterback now. Georgia doesn't exactly – a ton of points, but they, they just force you into these bad turnovers and they, they force you into three and outs all the time. But Tennessee, Rocky Top, I'm riding with Tennessee this weekend. Give me the 20 and a half points. Georgia wins, hopefully by 19. For man, you can't shout out John Ash and Carter and 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 baby Walker and then just slap in the face like that. You're like, oh yeah, and by the way, give me Tennessee. On the, okay, but the I mean, I'm not taking them to win. I just like the point spread enough that I'm taking Tennessee. Lock right. of the week. Um, fair, there it is. fair, fair enough, fair enough. All right, that is episode 13 in the books. Hey guys, we thank you. By the way, I, I would be remiss if I didn't thank all of you for listening and tuning in to us. Um, we are we're averaging right now. You know, our recent episodes, we're getting somewhere between 80 and, and 90 downloads, which is just outstanding and way more than we ever thought that we would get and getting closer to a thousand overall downloads. Um, and we just started this thing, you know, a couple of months ago. So thank you. We appreciate that, that support from near and far, and we will see you guys next week and hopefully be talking about a Michigan win in happy Valley for my grandma, Sally. Shouts to Grandma Sally. All right. See you guys.